Uh, one of the things that I observed, not only with my own children, but also in the school setting is that um, there were perhaps opportunities that, that were uh, available, but not everyone knew about them or they were not earmarked for, for certain students. And I, I think my passion is that um, I believe that all students or all children are of value. Um, I think with that relationship starting with uh, Tech Corps, I think it was basically helping the children to understand that they could do this, they belong in this setting, and that there's, there's people in the community that are actually cheering them on. Welcome to the Founders Focus Podcast. For more than 25 years, Tech Corps has worked to ensure K through 12th grade students in the United States have equal access to technology programs, skills, and resources that enhance early learning and prepare them for college or career. Founders Focus invites you along for the journey as we examine technology and how it impacts the way we work and live. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of TechCore's Founders Focus Podcast. My name is Gary Beach. I am Vice Chair and Founder of TechCore. Our focus today is International Women's Day, a day to acknowledge and honor women around the world for the contributions they make each day to society. In the spirit of International Women's Day, I thought it would be fitting to introduce you to one of our TechCore team members who will be our guest host. Brenda Miller is TechCore's communication and marketing specialist. She will be speaking with a longtime TechCore partner and educator, Deborah Maldonado. Brenda, I'll let you take it from here. Thank you so much, Gary. It is an honor to be a guest host on Founders Focus. We have a true champion as our guest today. Her name is Deborah Maldonado. She is currently serving as Family Ambassador for Livingston Elementary in Columbus City Schools. Gary, I am so excited to share her story with you and your listeners. All right, so Deborah, tell me a little bit about your own experience. How were you encouraged pursue technology education as a career. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, let me say thank you for having me um, on this um, time together to be able to share about my journey, my life journey. And it has been a interesting, fun adventure. And uh, so my, my, my experience of encouragement is a long and a little bit of a winding story, uh, which I call divine appointments. As a person of faith, uh, loved by Jesus and who loves others, I am uh, I'm, I'm certain I've had so many divine appointments. We won't have time to share them all <laughs> because although I retired as a teacher, um, uh, teaching was not my, my first career. Um, and so and, and, uh, my, I wanna paint a picture for you of the background of this winding road. Um, first of all, um, I've always been encouraged by family and um, by um, extended family and community uh, to be adventurous and live life fully. And that starts like in Cincinnati, Ohio. I think at home, you know, my parents, um, they, they, they modeled for me like adventure and um, being servants. We interacted with other cultures. Um, um, my mother and my grandmother who I knew it wasn't just a picture like on the wall. They were um, craftsmen. They did quilting and sewing and cross stitch. And they also were tinkers. So I think that was one seed that was planted. They, if there was something broke in the house, they'd want to fix it. And then my mother and my my aunt were also teachers. My mother, especially a teacher. My, my aunt, her older sister was a teacher of um, children that were hearing impaired. 
And um, and my father was executive with uh, the post office, but he also worked a second job and he would take us with that with him to that job. And it was where we saw him um, cleaning. He was actually cleaning like a, a restaurant. And so to see him in, in a suit one day and then see him cleaning another day, they were all hard workers and they were all were always giving. And so, you know, that was one of the things that I think helped shape and mold me at home. And then at school, like I said, I'm from Cincinnati and uh, the city of Seven Hills. And, and, and I came up during a time to, during desegregation. And I remember um, being in the, the fourth grade and, and then going on to ele elementary, higher elementary and then middle school and, and junior high and high school. And, and in that time, um, the desegregation it required uh, Lincoln Heights, this, it was one of the largest um, black cities in the nation, was brought into that school district of Princeton. And, and so I think that opened up a lot of opportunities maybe that we didn't have before. I actually lived in Woodlawn, which is adjacent to Lincoln Heights. And so um, I just experienced so many things. I remember being involved in, um, first of all, at Princeton, I had an African-American principal. And the way it was structured is that he was our principal in ninth grade and he followed the grades. He was our principal in 10th grade, 11, all the way to 12. So you felt like you had this person that knew you, invested in you. And um, in addition to that, there were a lot of clubs. I remember having physics classes and loving physics class. Um, I remember... Um, also that, you know, there were other class and sports. We had lacrosse then, and that's been more than uh, many, many years ago. <laughs> but the one thing I, that I always tell people to give them a, a point of reference is that um, I'm always um, thinking the sky's the limit as far as the things we want to do and expose children to, because for gym class, I had the option of signing up for gym class to take scuba diving. So while I was in high school, I actually took scuba diving classes. I learned how to use the breathing machine apparatus, how to save people. And so having that as an option, scuba diving class is one of my electives. Um, you know, back in, that was basically, you know, something I think about is like, oh, the sky's the limit as far as the experience, the experience, the experience. And then the other thing I re recall is that I was in junior achievement. Now, junior achievement then is different than junior achievement now, but it's still the same principles um, that where they are coming alongside students and giving them these interactive experiences. Back then, we actually um, were given kits and we actually built uh, kind of like a manufacturing model, we built things to sell. And so that was kind of the curriculum. So those are the things I remember at school. And then um, I think the, the, the road continued when I went off to college. Um, I decided to come to Columbus and um, to go to Capitol. And um, while I was here, I actually came here. I have a family here. I was at my aunt's house and uh, there was a family friend there. And I think there's these catal catalytic moments in your life that if I hadn't had that conversation with that person, it, uh, it would have given a different trajectory of where, where I ended up. And at the time when I first came to Capitol, I was thinking of, oh, I'm going to major in um, English and I was going to go to law school. I had this whole mapped out plan. Well, after I had this conversation with um, this, uh, the owner or, or a worker, I think of Black Arts Plus, he asked me the question. He said, why do, he said, had you ever thought about considering double major? And I was like, he said, while you're there and you're paying the money to, you know, maybe pick up another major. And so I went back to school, met with counselors and, and my advisors and figured out, 
okay, well, if I'm going to go to law school, they do, you know, tax law, let me pick up accounting. And I loved math in high school. And so I picked up accounting. And um, the short story is, is that I ended up, you know, majoring in accounting and English, ended up with an accounting to internship. And of course, they're paying you to go to work. And so, you know, law school got put on the black back burner. <laughs> and, um, so I, I went and um, I worked for an accounting, public accounting firm, pursuing the CPA, um, worked for about seven years in uh, between uh, the accounting firm and OSU. And I was uh, working in, in auditing. And then I got this call, another catalytic moment where um, I was enjoying and I was really blessed and fortunate in all that the experiences I had. I had a great mentor there at Ohio State. And it was basically, I was being called to go teach. I've been in supervisory positions and I was, I enjoyed instructing and helping people. I did volunteer work at my church and I just had this call that, and so this is the divine, another divine appointment is that um, talked with my husband and I said, I think I need to go and pursue this, this, you know, full time. So I went on a Monday and handed in my resignation. And I, and then on Friday, I had already put the paperwork and apply, but I hadn't heard anything. On that same week, on that Friday, I got accepted to OSU's MED program uh, to become a teacher. What I didn't know was working in the background. And I have to tell people, I said, you just don't know. I said, just be adventurous. In the background, what I didn't know was the Big Ten at that point in time had decided to reshape their teacher education program. So in the previous years, it had been a four-year program, and they decided we're going to craft this five-year program where we um, pursue individuals that have a four-year degree in a particular discipline, whether it's biology or, you know, uh, math, et cetera, and then have the teacher education courses, but with an enriching um, uh, pedagogical type of training where they, we actually had mentors that walked alongside of us. So that, I, that was such a blessing. And, uh, so I ended up finishing the program and then becoming a teacher. And I worked for, uh, um, private school for about a couple of years and then for the public school in uh, fourth grade, um, and loved it. Um, and I believe in, interactive learning where you make that connection with real world. And I mean, I remember fourth grade, we dissected cow's lung. We collaborated with the nurse and yes, we dissected cow's lungs and did all kinds of things, you know, took the kids campings. We did all kinds of things. Um, but um, it came to a point where um, I applied for a computer science um, teaching position at the middle school. And so at that time, um, Unbeknownst um, to me, another catalytic moment, that divine appointment, this district had applied for what they call the EETT grants. Are you familiar with that? Okay, so it's enhancing education with technology, teaching with technology. And so as a result of being in that space, um, the computer science teachers, they took all of us and they trained us as train the trainers for Blackboard. So when we finished in that, in that year's time, we had been equipped not only as computer science teachers, but also equipped to train other people in the use of Blackboard, which at that time the district you know, was using um, to deliver instruction. And so that is how I got around to being an advocate and encourager in technology education. That's wonderful, Deborah, <laughs> wonderful. So um, while you're in this role and, and you're, you're doing the computer science teaching, 
what was it, what kind of um, issues did you notice that um, helped you or spurred you or, or was your aha moment so that you knew that you wanted kids to have um, more experiences and different experiences because you had to pursue, you had to go out and find uh, tech core. So what was it that you were seeing that, that uh, struck a chord with you? Um, I think that um, in teaching the children, it was always trying to um, figure out how to integrate their regular core subjects with the technology. And the technology is really a tool. And, and we know that even more today. And so it was how to um, tap into what their interests were and also cover the, the content, um, but then to see how it would, would, would help them. I think on a personal note, I'm a, um, I had a hearing impaired child. And so I had a journey personally of how did I use the technology to support my child and so when I, that question basically bubbled up to say, well, if it's helping my child, how could it help other students? Um, at Champion, where I worked, the middle school, we had um, uh, MD units. And so we used um, uh, software that was um, supporting those students like um, Don Johnson and co-writer and being able to meet them where they were. That was my my goal in, in helping the children is is how can the technology meet them to help strengthen their skills. And then for students that maybe were not as engaged with um, school, it was it was like trying to start with where their interests were. Uh, one of the things that I observed, not only with my own children, but also in the school setting is that um, there were perhaps opportunities that that were uh, available, but not everyone knew about them or they were not earmarked for, for certain students. And I, I think my passion is that, um, I believe that all students or all children are of value. And, and um, you wanna make sure that they have uh, an opportunity for those um, particular um, um, activities that would just open up their mind to think that, hey, this is a possibility and I could see myself doing this. And so, um, one of the things that that we started to, to do was to just have clubs and and then having the clubs i had the opportunity to go to the um e-tech conference for ohio and i think that's where i had that first encounter with tech corp and had the introductions and it was a friendship molded there because um by being a computer science teacher and and inviting them in and coming into our space um they connected us with um uh, community leaders that had expertise beyond what I could ever do. Um, and so we partnered and collaborated to help the students to empower them to know that, um, hey, I can do this, but actually letting them do this. So for example, um, partnered with OSU, and I never forget my first volunteer, Mr. John Preber. He was nervous being around the kids, but the two of us together, since I was comfortable being around the kids, but nervous being around the technology, and, and he was nervous of being around the, the kids, but very comfortable with the technology, we were helping each other. And um, we had a project where we actually brought some old computers, he'd bring them in, and the kids would just, one, first see that the computers were working, but then they had to take them apart, and then they had to rebuild them and to go through a process of making sure to test them that they were, they were functioning. And so that was just one of many projects. Um, I think with that relationship starting with uh, TechCore, I think it was basically helping the children to understand that 
they could do this, they belong in this setting, and that there's there's people in the community that are actually cheering them on. So TechCore opened the door and were welcoming and invited us, um, students from our club, our we call it tech, we call it our um, techie club. And they were actually invited to come to a fundraiser and present. Um, they were actually sponsored to go to the next eTech conference and to see the Cisco van. I mean, they were just so excited. Um, and then they became helpers in the building. That club was actually servicing teachers. And so if some teachers were having difficulties with um, maybe computers are not working, we had trained them on how they could um, maybe do a little quick diagnostics, check the power cord and check to, or if they had needed help and assistance getting uh, their class up and running, um, logging on computers and getting to a certain, we had trained that club. And so they could be dispatched not interfering with their studies, but they could be dispatched to help support the, the teachers or if the teachers had a special project involving, you know, technology, they were there for that support. So those are ways that we kind of try to engage and, and, and uh, get them interested in computers. I love that. That is, that is so wonderful. So um, when we talked on the phone earlier, uh, a few days ago, you talked about um, the difference between being a teacher and being an instructor. And for mm -hmm. you, it was the holistic approach. Mm -hmm. So understanding that each child is unique and holds untapped potential, how did you help the children think outside the box to, to help them explore their own potential? Okay. Um, I think, uh, first of all, I'd like to, when you say use the word learning, um, that like the word love in the Greek, it has five different meanings. You know, I say, oh, I, I love you. That's a romantic love. And, and it's, um, oh, I, I, I love, um, you know, my friend, that's more, you know, friendship love. Um, well, the same can be said for the word learn. And one of the, the, the word learn in the Greek has multiple meanings, but one of them that I really like, and it just aligns itself with the way I believe as a teacher uh, should, should serve students is the, I think it's the word Zoe, and it's about being yoked. It kind of um, looks like and aligns itself with our apprenticeship and, and, and uh, model. And so when you think about it, um, that as far as helping a student, you wanna come alongside of them. You, you wanna observe what, what their interests are and what you, you see them getting excited about, but you wanna come alongside them and then let them experience. And so um, part of, um, helping the students to, for them to see their potential, you create that environment um, where they are um, free to learn and they're not feeling like they, they can't um, be open and explore. And so one of the things as a, as a, as a teacher, I think I, myself personally, I had to understand that I'm basically a facilitator. I'm not the, I'm not the expert, but I'm, I'm also, um, helping to facilitate a collaboration where I'm actually working with the students on whatever it is that we're wanting to learn together. And so, you know, as a, as what I love about teaching is that I'm an artisan. So I have to be creative on how I create that environment. So I always start out the school year with have, having children to look at their hands and let them know, you know, do you realize your hands, you got fingerprints here, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and how that there, you are so unique. There is nobody, nobody in this whole world like you. I mean, that's usually was my script. And it was because I wanted them, if they've never heard that, maybe they have heard it because we have, we have wonderful parents that are, they're working to, to raise their children. But I wanted to reinforce what parents are already doing at home and say, you are so unique. 
I said, but your unique is not just for you to look in the mirror at, but it's really to want to prepare yourself to go out and pour out this gift to, and to help your community. So, so setting that tone and that environment in the classroom, um, I would intentionally let them know that I'm going to need their help. They were going to be learning with me and I'll be learning. I said, do you know I'm a terrible speller? I said, well, sometimes when I write on the board, it's hard for me to see. I said, so I'm going to need your help. Always check me on my spelling. Please do that. And they, they agree to that. And so you create that culture where um, if you need help in the classroom, you've got a lifeline whether it's me or another student. You have, and I said, all of us have our strengths. Someone might be really great in math or someone might be really great in reading that if you need help, you've got that lifeline. And so you create that culture and that climate. And so um, that, that would be the first thing. I think the, the other thing was um, structuring lessons so that they were integrated. I, I love to do projects, but the projects are not just to do projects to say, hey, look what I did, but it was more about connecting with the real world. Um, and then having them to present and share about it. So you're creating opportunities for them to practice and practice and practice those soft skills of speaking. And um, I, I think the other thing, like I said, collaboration and creating that environment, um, the integration of the projects, um, but then also reaching out to the community for partnering. Uh, we partnered, um, for example, with, with OSU and um, they actually would come to the school, pick our students up and take the students out of that environment of school. And maybe, you know, maybe if you have students that never traveled, like in my, my life experience in my childhood, I traveled, I got to interact with other cultures. I got, to, and so it's like creating those experiences um, outside of the school setting at home that are so different that it opens up their eyes to say, hey, I didn't realize this was out here. And so we would go to visit OSU and I was so grateful for that partnership, but we visited not just the campus, we did the tour, but it was the entomology lab. It was the botany lab. It was the planetarium. And then afterwards we would come and meet with OSU, OSU students who actually led science experiments to, and then it was just, but it was in a fun setting. And so reaching out to the partners to do those type of things um, that I wasn't equipped to do, but they were equipped to do. And, and also put another face in front of them. They love to meet new people. Um, I think creates that, that, um, that ecosystem. Um, you know, the phrase we use a lot, it takes a village to raise a child. And so you, you intentionally create that village so that they can have those opportunities, similar to what I know I had as a child that I could also provide for my own child because I have the resources to do so. Um, my children would you know, go to camps. I said, so, but that's not available necessarily for every family or whatever those barriers are. And so one, one of my, my, um, my, my continued uh, hopes and, and, and uh, things that I love to do is to bring the clubs and the camps to the school. And so, of course, that's where Techie Corp came in. So every school I've been able to teach at, and that they had uh, uh, a will and a way. We've had Tech Corp come in for a Techie Camp. That's what I wanted to say. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about um, your experience um, having Techie Clubs provided by Tech Corp um, okay. with, with your with your classrooms. Um, what kind of um, awakening did that bring to your students? Okay. Well, I think um, for some of my students, um, it's just the, the idea that they could see other adults that cared about them. 
Um, I believe, you know, we want to we want to um, let children know that there are adults that care about you. And and so it's it's different than like a mentoring situation. It was where someone's come alongside of them to help them to learn something that is a new concept, a new skill, et cetera. So just just that idea and spending time in, in a fun setting. I think the other awakening was um, that they could see um, from beginning to end that they had made something, that they had created something, um, and that it was also functional. So when we would uh, um, build the uh, uh, the robots and they would have the sensors in them, and then because of the sound or because of the light, they would have a response to it. Um, or you know, be able to design something um, using a Tinkercad on online, and then actually have it print out, you know, on a three D printer. Um, just seeing that investment in them, it just reaffirms that they are of value, and, and that they have so many um, creative ideas. That if they can do it in this little small camp and club, when they go back into the classroom, that they're going to say, "Hey, I remember that I did this." So maybe if I want to try something new in some other arena, whether it's you know uh, reading or math or maybe a science, or even to go beyond that to even explore, well, what about this? Start asking questions. I think that's where that I would see the awakening for them, um, that they're willing to take that risk and be adventurous like their teacher. <laughs> yes, you are the, the wonderful adventurous. Yeah. So. Um, so I was I was thinking about um, when we talked earlier that you you do work in you you've done so much work in underserved communities and you were able to bring so much enrichment to these communities and um, I know part of Techie Club is getting tech professionals to volunteer in the classrooms to come each week um, and I know that you know the tech field has always sort of had a a gap these diversity yeah diversity it lacks diversity thank you yeah. mm -hmm. you're um, welcome you're welcome yeah and so um i mean i don't know when you had techie clubs um deborah i don't know if they were able to bring in diverse professionals um i know i've seen recently a lot more um diverse women and 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 people of color coming mm -hmm. in so that the yeah. students could see more folks that look like themselves Yes. How does that how does that affect a child to see a professional look like them um, and to watch them in action? Um, I think the the key point is that um, if you look in the mirror, this is what I look like. You know, I have uh, my brown skin and my brown eyes. My hair is curly or straight, and to see um, that same reflection um, standing in front of you. It just opens up your. It changes your mindset to say, "Hey, I could, I could do this too." Um, I think um, if you look back over history, there were, and 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 I, I have some history with tech core, so I have also seen that change and and that growing um, diversity. I'm excited to see that. Is that if you look back in history, that um, um, there were communities that had. Um, uh, businesses and, and 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 opportunities, and oftentimes their children could go to work with their parents to be able to work alongside of them and to learn things. Whether it was an automotive shop, or you know, if you were going to 
you know, build computers, if you were going to, you know, run a construction at a construction site or something, you knew you knew those things. And I have conversations, um, just have done some career advising, and I'll ask people that question. It's like, how did you learn it? You know, my my father taught me, or you know, it's a part of the family business. Well, there's other communities where that is not the experience. And so um, what I love about Tech Corp is if if your, even if your family didn't have that experience, they're creating a, like I said, this village where those experiences and not just, oh, let's open up a book and let's do this activity. No, they're creating the people there also. Because I think the relationship and the cheering and the mentoring and the encouragement that comes from our, our, um, our volunteers is so, so important than, than the, the things that are given. Um, and so you're creating that village. So for some of those communities that didn't have those opportunities, because um, I, I had those opportunities, I see that, like I told you about my scuba diving class <laughs> for Jim, I had those opportunities, but they they're not have not been there um, for other communities. And so that is a fact in history, but my focus is always looking forward to say, no, let's make the change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I and I, I've been blessed to be a trailblazer. I told you about that accounting, public accounting experience. I was only black female on the professional staff. And so mm -hmm. at that time, and so part of, part of what I sensed then of trying to navigate this newness of not having that as a part of my background with my family and my parents is reaching out to some of my African-American brothers at that time for that support, um, that for those soft skills that maybe I didn't get um, trained in, and and how to to handle different challenging situations, I had that I had that support. I had to seek it out, and I'm grateful that so grateful for that. Um, and I think that's probably why I'm as adventurous now that I am. It's like, well, if I can get through that, <laughs> I can get through, you know. But 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 I also believe in your your journey, there are things that, that you do job-wise and happen. If you do a timeline of your life, there's highs and lows, and there's, there's things that happen that you're getting trained and prepared for the next thing. And I do believe, as a person who was kind of shy in high school, that having worked for the public accounting firm, it forced me to have to go, because I, I go out by myself to meet new clients by myself, and who were usually did not reflect my skin color, and to engage them and to get the work done. And so it, it, it forced me to have to develop those skills like on the fire, they tell you sink or swim, <laughs> how, to, how to engage uh, you know, um, white male men uh, in a manufacturing setting. And, but I think that was part of also what brought me around to the point of going into teaching because when I was in um, settings and it would be you know, predominantly white and um, I'd say European, and and I would observe the people working, and it's not this is not for all people, but I observed that they weren't happy in their work, and that was kind of what I wanted to make sure that whatever I did, if I was going to leave my children and go out to work every day, I wanted to do something that I had a passion for, that just like really what, I was on fire, and I would I always think about with teaching, having made that move, no regrets. I was so excited. I said, Oh, you mean I get to do this? and I get paid for it too, this is like, wow. <laughs> so um, that was definitely, um, you know, when I think about it, um, 
my my the seed that was planted back then. I think some of the things I was intentional about once I became a teacher and having that in the back of my mind was that um, wanted to again have those partnerships with communities. And so one of the things I did was look in internally with the staff we had. And so we I would do maker spaces, you know, about the pivot with the library that happened, you know, over the last 10 years or so. And so um, had had the opportunity through um, eTech and some other training. I, I was working on my my master's in instructional technology and got that. Um, and so that maker spaces, oh, I loved it. So we did the pivot and there was a teacher, um, actually she's a librarian, and she also at the same time had gone to a training for NASA. And so we did maker spaces within our setting of the school so that certain uh, days of the week, we um, carved out time that they were um, doing stations and it might be, and, and so we used the engineering model of uh, research design and then build your prototype. And so, they had different um, particular stations that they could choose to go to. And so some were building, uh, designing a playground. And so we'd always ask them these questions. If you could go out and design your playground out there, redesign it, how would you? And so that was that would be the, the launching question. And so they could choose, um, uh, one was doing map skills. Another, we bought some kits that were, you know, um, off, off the 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 um, from the store, but they would work those kits and go through that same design process. Um, and so, but then the 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 hook or the sweet part of that is, she had been to the training for NASA, <clears throat> where they were going to be streaming online. And so one group would get um, a rotation where they would go to the library, but we would say, oh, it's time for you to go visit the NASA. And so they would actually leave the room and go down to the library. And she had all these wonderful makerspaces uh, activities and streaming uh, from NASA. And so just, just creating that, again, it's bringing the, that environment, that exploring environment to the school uh, for, for, for children in underserved populations that can't pay the, uh, parents might know, not know about it, don't have the the means for the transportation piece, which is usually an issue, and then also for the costs, economic costs. A lot of these camps that that offer offer that have these type of experiences, they're two hundred, three hundred dollars. Even for some of my my own children, you know, you apply for scholarships, and if you think you have multiple children, and so that's I think where I would want to see like the shift. I think the other thing as far as recruiting uh, and bringing other people of color in, um, I was uh, blessed to have an uncle. Um, and he's in heaven now, but I loved him dearly. He was actually um, a scientist and worked for Battelle, who, and he had several patents. And after his retirement, or even during it, mainly after his retirement, I would invite him in to be a judge for our science fairs. Oh, so okay. yes, yes, um, working, on, working on a book for him. So, <laughs> and then, you know, then the other thing I said with that OSU partner, um, just how, um, uh, making that connection, just reaching out to people I knew from, from church and saying, hey, this is what I want to do. Are you game? Are you ready to go on the adventure with me? And they said yes. And that's when we were able to, to take the kids to the different entomology lab, the botany lab. I, I, one of the aha moments were when kids would um, pick up the, um, the plant, the vanilla, and to see that this is what, this is where the vanilla comes from, that that's in my ice cream, you know, and to be able to take those kind of moments are priceless. Um, but again, it's planting seeds to open up their mind to say, hey, if 
if you can do this, then I can do this. And especially if you have people coming alongside with them yoked um, to, to, to walk alongside them, to carry them and to cheer them on and, and then celebrate. I love to celebrate with rewards that, hey, look, look what we did and look what you did. So I think, especially for children, um, they don't have the capacity necessarily to think a week, a month from now. It's more about today. And then as they, as they mature, keeping in mind developmentally where they are to uh, you enable to stretch that timeline out for them. So, That's yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. That's really wonderful. So Deborah, um, obviously you've had a, a, a long spanning career serving um, children, being incredibly creative and resourceful. Um, thinking about the world we live in today, um, the pandemic that we've just lived through, if you had an opportunity to speak a blessing into one child's life that's struggling right now, what would you tell that child? Well, if I can um, say one more thing before I say the blessing, after camping out this past couple of years, <laughs> um, I retired and uh, was um, of a mindset that I had to come back and try to help in some kind of way. And so I'm presently serving as a family ambassador um, for Columbus City Schools. And the whole purpose for that is to, um, if I can use my hands, which I like to do, build a bridge and help families connect with um, the resources available. And not just resources um, to sustain and support their home, but more importantly, I wanted to build uh, beyond that to say, hey, let's look forward on uh, some of the possibilities and let's kind of re-image what school looks like. And so with, with that background, one of the things that I'm um, working on currently is just like I experienced such a blessing and support from community partners. Um, uh, we working at the school where I'm assigned, we've got community partners for every grade level now. And they align with um, some things that were foundational for the school, which was building on that uh, that career path and, and learn. And of course, we've got junior achievement involved too. So. <laughs> But my blessing I would speak over that over children and, and that child, one, I'd call them by name because their name is precious, number one. But I would hope and I pray that they know that they are loved and they're unique and um, that their uniqueness would grow, blossom and be fruitful and that um, they would grow wisely so that they can learn to help their community. I think the question we ask sometimes is, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like asking the question, no, how do you want to help the community? And that they live with purpose and with a servant's heart. I, I read an article um, when I was uh, looking at some career information and I never forget that the article was about a, a person that is currently working as a software engineer. And um, his job is he builds kites and the kites are have solar uh, collectors on the kites. So instead of having solar panels that are fixed, the kite is mobile and it can go in different places and it collects more because it can go higher. And in the article, what really jumped out at me, he said that the reason he's able to do this ideal job that's so much fun that he really loves, like me as a teacher, was that when he was younger, his father owned an auto mechanic shop and he would let him go to work with him, tinker, take things apart, 
give him like old radios. And he said to this day, that is why he thinks he enjoys, he had that opportunity to explore and play. Um, and that's why he thinks he is where he is today because he had that experience. And that just jumped out at me when I saw that article. Um, and so that's really kind of in a nutshell, what I'm excited about with Tech Court is Tech Court not only provides what I believe the, the activities and the support from the technical standpoint, but I think what they've done is they've created, and, and, and we've had this relationship for so long, they've created this intentional pathway at every tier elementary, early, you know, late elementary, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and then your middle school, and then your high school, they've created this intentional pathway um, with mentors and um, really opportunity for children, not only to, to learn the technology piece so that they're skilled and, and um, confident in that skill to be able to go out and share with their community, but they're also embedded in that the mentorship that helps them to learn the soft skills that they need, as well as um, building their confidence as leaders. And I've been able to have the, the pleasure, I'm so grateful to witness that firsthand, so. Deborah Maldonado, lifetime champion of students. Thank you for being with us today on Founders Focus as our special guest for International Women's Day. And thank you for activating generations of adventurers just like yourself. And I'm grateful for the time. Thank you for having me.